rescue op, save the dinosaurs from an island that's about to explode. What could go wrong? Jurassic World one minute at a time. I'm Brad. I'm Dave. And in this episode we're discussing minute 58 of Fallen Kingdom. Before we get to that, Dave, heading over to Jurassic-Pedia.com. I didn't even know these existed, but we've got a full bio here for Blue. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is a massive, massive article <laughs> done by Sickle Claw over at Jurassicpedia, and uh, there's a lot here. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably, Probably just sort of bringing this up now because of uh, her situation on the operating table needing that ball pulled out we're going to see some baby blue in the next couple of minutes as well on the video vlogs of Owens so just a bit of a refresh here on the whole Ibris project and uh, and pretty much blue's history uh, on and off oh, yeah. screen mm-hmm. pretty much yeah this we started doing um, character profiles for the dinosaurs. I think before, well, back when JP Legacy was still around. So this was one of the ideas I came up with. Not for this exact article. Well, sort of. I mean, I helped put together the list of what dinosaur characters we should start doing. But yeah, it was something that I want to say we started doing around maybe 2014 ish. But yeah, this would it's a, these character articles have clearly gotten very very long <laughs> well when she's had so much to do in uh yeah. in the movies camp cretaceous mm-hmm. all the sort of uh, other material as well it's uh yeah and when we do have a new character come on screen across these movies we normally go to their character their character bio and their uh, imdb mm-hmm. well Yes, I did not realise that we've got blue here, so maybe maybe we're going to see a bit more of this going forward with some of the other animals hey, we, as well. But we've got ones I think for the Indominus, the individual as well as the dinosaur, as well as the species. We've got one I think for the Indoraptor individual as well as the species. Mm-hmm. We I know that the from the initial list we had Rexy, the male T Rex. The, female, the Lost World female T-Rex, the Jurassic Park 3 T-Rex, the Jurassic Park 3 Spinosaurus, the... Um, and I think we have some of these coming up in our minutes, too. Some of these species... Oh, no, those are... It's for the animatronics, my bad. <laughs> but, yeah, we also have for the big one and her pack. I kind of lumped them all, into, all together mm-hmm. for that article. Um, I know we have one for the Worker Village pack, the Jurassic Park 3 pack, Fire Tuck, and Claire. <laughs> nice. Oh, and Elvis. Elvis, <laughs> and Elvis the Paris <laughs> Elvis. They <laughs> are oh. no, very nice. I um, again, caught out reading <laughs> lengthy article. It, it's, <laughs> I suppose, looking to at, at this trilogy, Blue, Blue being a character in herself, mm-hmm. we don't really get a lot of dinosaur characters now really when you look back at it too you couldn't really say we got a lot of characterization out of the other dinosaurs in the first trilogy either although spinosaur we did we got to Mm -hmm. uh, spend a lot of time with the male t-rex we didn't spend a lot of time Mm -hmm. with the female and the the raptors we didn't really get to see any individuality of the raptors on sauna but uh until jurassic park 3 so it's a shame they haven't 
focused a lot more on the animals <laughs> over these over mm-hmm. the films and uh, really give us some characterizations. We do see a bit of that in Dominion with uh, the Ferrazinosaurus and that sort of yeah. <laughs> showing some new stuff there. But yeah. Oh, I love the Ferrazinosaurus. She's so she's so grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and to her, that's a lazy Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> Blue is alive. Jesus Christ. You raised her, Owen. You you spent years of your life working with her. You're just going to let her die? Well, yeah. All right, Dave, we're in again in minute 58. Sure. Minute 58 opens with Claire applying pressure to Blue and ends with a nervous hand reaching for a Trenosaur. Uh, as we go into this, uh, Zia tells the crew that she can't take the bullet out without a transfusion from another animal uh, and asks who knows how to find a vein. Finding a vein on a bigger animal, I don't think it'd be as hard as uh, as what we're going to get here with Claire saying she's uh, did a blood drive with Red Cross. Uh, <laughs> it seems close enough, but... <laughs> you also kind of have to wonder how much she actually was hands-on with that because at all blood drives I've ever done, it was always the nurse or they had a paramedic of some sort on hand to do the actual blood drawing. Mm, I could <laughs> see, I could so see. People just let some random volunteer off the street say, yeah, okay, I'm going to shove this needle in your hand. Yeah. I, I could see that more as, uh, carrying or carrying the, the blood samples or the, the vials, whatever you want to call it, but the the receiver of the blood, taking that to the fridges or that sort of stuff, not the actual sticking the needle in. Yeah. <laughs> or, like was... the, or like the administrative work, because there's always somebody there at a desk doing, taking down your name and details, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Because I've, uh, previous life when we were on the farm, I've had to put IV, IVs into cattle and that, and at least there you've got a vein or a bulge in the neck bigger than your mm-hmm. thumb, so it's not real hard. The, the biggest thing mum always said was just make sure you push it in, you're forceful with it, push like push it in and don't stuff around. And yeah. occasionally the animal might feel it and try and brush its head against against you. It's not a Tyrannosaur what they get in the next couple of minutes. but uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, The Tyrannosaur, we, we see this, the skin is thick. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about an animal whose main def- main defense against small little nibblers being the thickness of her hide. <laughs> yes. I'm sure the same is true with blue. I mean, these animals were built to kind of survive and a random tree scratch or something's not going to really affect them. In fact, it might just scratch that itch she's been trying to get. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to come back to that later when we have the, uh, the removal of the bullet and we just use mm-hmm. a standard scalpel. I don't... Yeah, maybe you can go around the, the scales or the the harder bits of the skin, but I don't mm-hmm. think a normal scalpel would cut it, especially when you're not using the original bullet hole as a uh, entrance point. But we'll we'll get to that in a couple of minutes' time. Claire moves out of the way, and uh, Franklin is not uh, not happy about coming over here to do <laughs> to hold on apply pressure to this. Um, and I was wondering why they wouldn't have got Owen to come and do this instead of uh, instead of Franklin, but um, obviously Owen's there, the head uh, mm-hmm. consoling Blue, and he's soon to go away with Claire to uh, find find a donor. Well, I mean, Blue's also pretty out of it, you know, and so he's just kind of 
there as a calming presence to kind of keep her out of it because first of all i mean she's first of all she's probably out of knocked out from the the shock of blood loss with a mixture of whatever tranquilizers they have her on and it's it, it would not be fun if she were to randomly snap out of that tranquilizer doze that she's in and because that does happen i mean with animals there's always the chance that you got the dosage wrong these things these things fluctuate so much that they can just snap out of the um train out of that tranquilization that they're in and then go immediately back into it and she were to wake up suddenly kick she's gonna disembowel <laughs> who's ever at the other end even just swinging a head head back hitting uh, yeah, there's a lot of force there and weight oh yeah we we humans yeah. are pretty pretty delicate when when it comes to stuff like that. Um, She's gonna slash you here, here, <laughs> <laughs> maybe across the belly, spilling your intestines. Yes, but uh, pretty much as soon as Franklin applies pressure here, we get the uh, the blood squirt to the face. Not quite sure how where this is if he's popped a blood sack or something here because you'd think if uh, something's ruptured with uh, putting pressure here, then there should be blood <laughs> continuing to bleed everywhere. Although we don't really see the wound itself, but it is a funny little joke. <laughs> Franklin's out of his, uh, <laughs> out of his comfort spot. And now he's, uh, he's got blood on his face. <laughs> Something tastes coppery. I didn't get it in my mouth. Did I? <laughs> <laughs> well, he does. He does sort of freak out and ask Owen if it's in his mouth and, Owen holds back and <laughs> just frowns, shaking his head, and uh, tells Franklin he's good. I know I keep on getting confused with, uh, I know in Alien, when uh, the chest burster happens, the uh, the woman actress said was not informed about how how much blood was going to spray everywhere. I think I've mentioned that on the show here before, but uh, mm. I keep on confusing that because I'm pretty sure there's something along the lines here of they knew it was gonna what was supposed to happen, but not exactly how. Uh, obviously the dialogue was written. I don't think it's an ad lib that <laughs> isn't in my mouth, but um, just just the look on Owen's face, it just <laughs> it looks uh, very sudden and then very real that uh, he's holding back here. <laughs> <laughs> he, he did not expect that much. <laughs> I suppose too. You you gotta wonder how many times you'd you'd have to have the uh, the prop makers and that have this this rig set up to to shoot this bloody out um i mean it's probably they probably have something under the table where it's just a guy you know with the halloween mask where you have the blood pump in in your hand (laughs) hidden underneath the robe it's probably something like that and he just squeezes it real fast and it pops out of a hose in the under uh out of the out of the wound you know well we do know there's animatronic or puppeteers under this bench under this table under this floor operating this animatronic um, exactly. I just wonder. Franklin would have been told stand on this spot and don't move. <laughs> but I wonder if um I wonder if they had any ability to aim or if there's cuts where he's getting in the face, in the eyes, going straight past his head and missing completely, <laughs> just because his head's <laughs> not in that right <laughs> in that right location. <laughs> Unfortunately, we didn't get a deleted scenes thing like that on the DVD. I don't believe. <laughs> So, so maybe the first the cut. Reel would have been fun. Yes. Yep. Well, you see it in all the marketing that when they do the little min, uh, little featurettes and that of Owen and that, oh Chris Pratt and that on stage and they're all they're they're having fun, they're enjoying what they're doing, <laughs> jokes mm-hmm. and everything else. So it's 
surely, surely there's a lot more stuff there. It'd be great to see on film. Zia tells Claire all the animals should be sedated. Look for a carnivore with two fingers or three fingers. No more than three. Uh, do we know any carnivores on the fossil record that have more than three fingers? I, I think there is one that's got like a human hand, like a five-digit hand. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the Carnotaurus has four or five. I think four, the Carnotaurus. But they're very, it's very vestigial. basically like, like it's, the length of our forearm and four of our sting- fingers sticking up, mm-hmm. and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this animal that's like 30 feet long. Well, and that was going to be other question. Yes, there's probably some on the fossil record, but then would there be any off sauna, off Nublar on this boat? And I suppose, yes, Carnotaurus should be on this boat because we do see it at the end. Even though we've never seen it captured and we don't see it here, so it is probably a good thing mm-hmm. they mentioned <laughs> no more than three. Because we don't really know. I suppose we've seen the baryonics. It's it, it'd have three, wouldn't it? Yeah, the baryonics would have pretty much everything on there has three, except for the Tyrannosaurus and the Carnotaurus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that nails it down. <laughs> nails it down of which animal they need. Because Zia stops for a moment here, and I, I thought it was because she sees uh, Franklin's face, but it's not. Mm-hmm. She 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 realizes what animal they need the blood from, and. Uh, puts her own bloody hand up to her and covers her mouth <laughs> as, as she's thinking. And uh, that's when we cut to the container on a truck as Owen and Claire open the rear doors, revealing that sleeping Tyrannosaur. Um, mm-hmm. But thinking about it, would that even work? Like to transfuse blood from a kind of related animal into another animal? I mean, like, that'd be trans. That, like, that'd be. Like uh, transfusing blood from a pig into a human. I mean, you can't even transfer certain blood from a human into another human. Well, yeah, there's certain blood types <laughs> where it's it's a big no-no. Don't don't mix, don't cross the streams. I, <laughs> the big and yeah, it's a bit of a nitpick, but I suppose on the other term too is you you've got an animal like the Tyrannosaur that's OG new blood back created so much longer ago when there was different. They'll add in the frog to the DNA, for instance, uh, and all that sort of thing, compared to what Wu's done with Blue's DNA now, some 20 years later. Uh, you'd have to wonder about that compatibility as well. Um, but even just the different versions, we know different version numbers and that, where they'll they'll mm-hmm. doing different things with DNA. Obviously, it needs to happen for the for the movie, but. Yeah, don't know. It's it's, it's convenient. I'll, I'll just say that. Yeah, I mean it works in the sense that Jurassic Park's Lego genetics rules work. You know, like you you combine DNA from a frog and you combine DNA from T Rex, add it together and you get a T Rex. I mean, I mean, yes, it it kind of works if you don't really understand how genetics work on a deeper level. But <laughs> it's a it's a fictional movie. <laughs> well, but then we're also going to get Wu stress out later because the transfusion happens and seemingly it, uh, it ruins Blue's DNA or, or something, just mm-hmm. not being able to replicate the DNA. You'd think at this point he'd have he'd have the Tyrannosaur DNA on file, so he'd be able to isolate that from Blue's DNA. But uh, you'd think he'd have like DNA samples of all of the animals on like on file, you know. Well, that's kind of that was kind of the that's kind of what I assumed they were taking from 
the cryo units at the end of Jurassic World. But then, and we shouldn't be keep on going forward like this, we do get an argument between Mills and Wu later. It's the whole reason they have Blue now on that ship is not for the DNA, but they need the Indo- Indoraptor needs a mother. Mm-hmm. They need they need Blue's caring ability at this point in time to uh, to be a mother to the Indoraptor hatchlings. So he must have true. But remember that the Ibis Raptors have also been genetically predispositioned to take orders from a handler. That was kind of the whole point of needing Blue as well, that they need that genetic material because she she's genetically predispositioned to take orders from Owen. <laughs> oh, and just as I think back to that shot of... Barry and Owen watching the Indominus communicate, <laughs> and all the raptors just turn. <laughs> it's kind of, it's almost kind of like a dog, you know, in a way. You know, I mean, like if you try to tell a wolf to go fetch, it'll just growl at you. <laughs> but if you throw a ball in front, of, I mean, I did it did it with my dad today. We went for a walk, and there were um, what were like road apples or whatever you call them, sitting on the sidewalk, and I kicked one, and she chases it. I mean, she knows that this little green object is a ball. I mean, once she catches it and sniffs it, she realizes it's not a ball, but <laughs> <laughs> she kind of has a genetic predisposition to chase that little object that she sees run, or not run, but roll past her, you know? Yeah, yeah. Owen and Claire stand there in awe as flies buzz uh, around the animal's head. Uh, class size, you've got to be kidding me. And as the minute ends, we see a nervous hand shaking and extending itself towards the Trenosaur's snout. I do love the fly, the little detail of the flies. They obviously don't have smell o vision. We're going to get Owen next minute <laughs> complain about how much it stinks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that carnivore smell. But uh, I do love here, even on this ship in the middle of the ocean, we still have flies <laughs> chasing the Trenosaur. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure they were hitching the ride the whole time. Yep. Yeah. Um, anything else on that? No, I think we're good. All right. Um, looking at the novel briefly, pretty much we um, don't have... Uh, are you aware of any deleted scenes? Because the novel cuts to uh, Mills and Toby Jones going to have a look at the Indoraptor, and I'm pretty sure I've seen that on screen, but it's not in this movie, or this version of the movie, anyway. Um, there was a deleted scene, but I don't know where it was, and it was in, it involved... Um, they originally involved, and I can't remember if it got past animatic stage, or if they actually did it, where we see the Indoraptor playing with a human skull, kind of Kind yeah. of um, Hamlet-esque, where it's got a skull in it, the palm of its claws, and it's kind of looking at it like Hamlet looks at the skull of York, contemplating, as Masrani would say, contemplating its own existence. Yeah, well, in the novelization, there's a whole section where the, um, Mills and Toby Jones go down and have a look at it, and it's got a it's got a human skull that it throws at the um, bars as they approach, mm. and Mills tells them that um, the animal actually... Uh, destroyed the light the light fixture or the light globe in its enclosure and got a, a technician to go in uh, to fix it and 
thus knowing that they need three doses of Tranks and not two to knock it out, which may come into later what happens with Wheatley. Actually, probably pulling into what happens with Wheatley pretty well. Um, but that's the technician's skull there that, uh, yeah, he went into the cage to fix the light globe and <laughs> the Indominus was still awake. Um, and Toby Jones pretty much evil grin on his face telling Mills that we have to show this at the auction, um, which is why we get it come out. So it's a pretty important scene for what we get later in the film, but um, yeah, not not in the movie at all. No, I can't remember why they ended up cutting that one out. I would assume for time, because they had to cut a lot out. They cut out 45 minutes, I think, of the movie just to get it into the two-hour time slot. Yeah. Which I don't understand why Spielberg is insistent, and I've said this before, why Spielberg is so insistent on having the movies confined to that um, two-hour time slot. Especially when you're having movies <laughs> pushing for mm-hmm. hours. It's, it... oh, and people say that the biggest problem they've had with this movie is the pacing and the shift of tone, and I think that would have been helped a lot with that 45 minutes of additional movie that was cut out of here you know it just let scenes breathe a lot more just feel more natural mm-hmm. just without all the quick cuts because uh, there's a lot a lot, lot of people express that with even just the added 15 minutes into dominion mm. yeah because there's a lot of scenes especially on island that uh it just seems like there's 10 15 seconds either side of scenes that have just been cut they've been cut back that tight to uh to bring the runtime down and it's noticeable. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. But that is it for Minute 58. Dave, how about we get out of here for the week? All right, sounds good. Mm-hmm.